0: Today is Monday, August 19, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. All right, it's showtime. What do we have on the docket? What do we have on the board? A, we had a big gap up. We talked about that over the weekend. It was certainly a possibility. Did Inside the Traders members know where the market was headed today? Yes, they did, and it is the same pretty much general area we discussed over the weekend. Now, you'll see that we came up short in the SPY of the 20-period moving average, just short. But tomorrow, the 20-period moving average will slope down a notch, and tomorrow or the following day, it'll look like we got there. So it's not really a thing whether we actually got there or not, The question is, are we done on the upside and do we... The question is, are we finished on the upside and do we go back down? Or is there more upside? That's really what you came here to find out. We'll do the best we can looking at all the available charts and markets we have to put the pieces to the puzzle together. But let's start here. Logically, conceptually, using common sense, what do we have? A, we have a huge gap up. After making a low just two days ago, a whole lot of points lower. From low to high, we're over 100 S&P handles already. We talk about this all the time. It's not a big deal when the market gets into these corrective phases for it to move 100 handles. It did it a number of times already. Back and forth, back and forth. Now we're up near the moving averages. Is it done or do we go higher? On the resistance side, we're into overhead resistance. Let me bring up another chart just so we get a different viewpoint. Here is the S&P E-mini futures contract. Now it looks slightly different while the price is essentially the same. The structure of the chart is the same, but it looks slightly different. Where did we go today? We went right up toward the high of the breakdown candle. Just short of the moving average, but just into the high of the breakdown candle. So inside the numbers members, were privy to that First thing this morning, speak of the devil here is inside the numbers and you can see here the logical next area of major overhead resistance for the ES is around the 20 period moving average, which comes in at 2936 at the time. But that's just a snippet. What else do we have? We have a list of important numbers 2928, 2931. We give both the ES numbers and the SPY numbers. Let's get back to business and try and figure out both the north side and the south side. We need to understand both scenarios. So here we're into some moving averages. Under normal garden variety market conditions, you would expect there to be overhead resistance. Not only the moving averages but we also talked about this over the weekend there's some pivot highs over here so is the market just going to waltz right through there or are we going to find overhead resistance let's keep something in mind one thing that we generally talk about is if the market is having trouble grinding through a specific area whether it's on the north side Or the south side, sometimes it'll gap above or below a resistance or support area. And that's the way it does it. We see it over and over again. So let's keep in mind, if we see the market gapping higher on Tuesday for argument's sake over the moving averages, we know that's bullish and it's likely to be another gap and go. Before we talk too fast on that one, obviously there could be a gap in crap. So there's two things to be aware of if, in fact, we are gapping higher Tuesday morning. Be prepared for yourself. Understand where the resistance points are. So go to your chart and pick out the numbers. The high of this pivot is 294.15. Somewhere in that general area, the market is likely to find resistance. Just so happens the 50-period moving average, 294.18. You have another pivot up here, that has a high of 293.62, so that's lower, we were already there, so keep in mind where your next areas are, where the market thought that that price level was important, and as a result, traded away from it, a la the candle here from the 13th, making the high of 294.15. Here's something for you. And this is just trading 101. I'm not saying this is going to happen tomorrow. We're just saying on a chart, if you see this scenario, it's something to keep an eye on. So let's say what takes place, we just discussed, the market gaps higher and it goes over the moving averages and it keeps going. Then all of a sudden, at some point, it finds some resistance point and starts consolidating or starts pulling back. Where is the logical area of support in that scenario in that scenario it would be the high of the pivot that it gapped over in this case 29415 so if the market gapped up kept going and then all of a sudden came back what was once supposed to be resistance would now end up being support so that's something just to tuck away put on a sticky note put in your notepad That's something from Trading 101. Let's talk about the mirror image. What happens if we wake up and there's a gap down or at some point during Tuesday, the market begins to trade lower? After all, it is known as Turnaround Tuesday. When you look at the daily chart, what we want to do is focus on the first thing that really jumps off the page. And the first thing that jumps off the page is the gap that was left open from Friday. So it's far away, but we went all the way up that far today. So there's nothing that says tomorrow they can't have what we would call a total take back. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing scenario. We can also have what's called a garden variety retracement. Flipping over to the hourly chart, the first thing we see here is essentially a bull flag pattern. So the market went up. It made a bull flag pattern. It went up again, and it's making or made another bull flag pattern. The question is, are we going to take another step to the upside right into the 200-period moving average on the hourly chart, potentially stopping short at this particular pivot high? That's another possibility. So those are your bullish possibilities looking at the hourly chart. But the other side is, what happens if it's not bullish What happens if we wake up and the S&P is trading lower? What happens if it's trading lower overnight? So we have to look at the other side. So the first order of business is today's low. Today's low happens to be 291.44. That's going to be a line in the sand. Anything below today's low, and you're really talking about hourly closes now when you're looking at the hourly chart below today's low, and all of a sudden, we start looking into the abyss at the vacuum all the way down to fill the gap. Doesn't have to get there, but that's what traders would begin focusing on. And that's pretty much looking at both sides from an immediate term perspective of the SPY using the daily and the hourly chart. I'm looking at other charts on another screen and it's really not necessary to belabor the point. They're all telling me the same thing. Before we leave the SPY, I want to address the volume issue. We do get a lot of questions when the market goes up on light volume, and there seems to be the feeling out there, and I'm not sure who's putting it out there, but somehow it's making it underneath these videos to the fact that there's light volume, therefore the market's going to go down. That's not the case. The market's going to go down, but it's not because of the light volume. The market went up for 10 years on light volume. That's not the reason it may or may not go down. We may go up another 30, 50 handles in the ES or S&P 500, but the market still has another leg lower coming. It won't look like it soon. It won't feel like it soon. If we get above these moving averages, we'll begin discussing new highs from a media perspective. That's their job. And the market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. It's an emotional roller coaster. Space Mountain, child's play. Circling back to volume, the reason I brought that topic up is because we did have light volume today. It was less than the average 90-day volume, about 53 million shares. And what that tells me is we didn't have institutional participation, can't-wait-to-buy-this-market type of institutional participation. That's what it tells me. That's also akin to no conviction buying. You can call it whatever you want. It supports the case that this is just a rally in a continuing downtrend that has not completed yet. Big-time buying over the moving averages with follow-through will change the song. But today, the song is the song. Camp IWM, this is interesting. So it had a nice up day, up less than 1%, also less than the SPY. Here's a five-minute chart. We should note that at the end of the day, there was a little bit of selling in the IWM. Wasn't a ton. We're not going to make a federal case out of it, but it's of note. It's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. Also of note, back to the daily chart, is the fact of where we closed relative to where we were today at the high in the IWM and what the other charts look like. So this is also of note. It's a puzzle piece, It's on the table. The IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator, and this isn't necessarily a bastion of bullishness. Even though it was a nice big up day relative to where we closed on Friday, they could have made it to the moving average, and they did not have to close near the lower one-third, let's say, of the candle for the day. It's a puzzle piece. We'll leave it at that. Making a stop down at the transportation department. Similar look but slightly different. So we got a couple of things going on. One thing, similar to the IWM, similar look to the Daily Candle. Still an up day. We still have to recognize that it was an up day. And if the markets are going to go higher, everything's going to go together. But we also have to look at this for what it is. It's also one of my favorite market leading indicators. So we look at all the data we can find on the chart. What's jumping out at me on the daily chart? Other than the fact that we finished closer to the lows than we did the highs, something else is noticeable, which is this breakdown candle high, which comes in at 1063 and change. We closed above that today. I think that's of note. It's also a puzzle piece and on the table. So that would lean me to believe that the transports are poised to have yet higher prices in the near term, than lower prices, unless that was a fake out. Again, these are all puzzle pieces. Whatever each individual market or chart is telling me, we're looking at it, and that's the way we're going to handle it. Do I have anything to support that case? Do you think I would have brought it up if I didn't? Well, I have something else to support that case, which is the hourly chart, which is something we look at over and over again. Similar story in the XLF. Little bit of a struggle coming into the end of the day. Didn't necessarily get a photo finish like we would have wanted near the highs of the day. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if these things are an indicator of what's to come tomorrow or... Just markets that aren't necessarily trading in tandem minute by minute or hour by hour, which is normal garden variety behavior anyway. We know the story with the financials. Without the financials, it's unlikely we're going to see any sustainable rally in the market. And if we see the financials begin to melt away, it's a pretty good indicator there's trouble out in paradise. The SMH tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. No magic here. Right into the 20 period moving average. Backed off from it. We're not gaining any significant information from this one way or the other. Other than the fact that the semiconductors were up, in fact, leading 1.65% today. So they are leading the tech sector, which was leading the market. So it's a derivative of a leading indicator. We're not going to make a federal case out of that either. About gold, since we had some kind of a move in gold in a different direction than we normally have had over the recent history, we might as well discuss it. So is this telling us anything? So I'm just looking at it from a 30,000 foot view kind of looking at it from space and saying, we had a decent down day in gold today. The market was up big. Is it telling us that the fear trade, if you will, quote unquote, I'm doing the air quote thing, the fear trade is temporarily over and can the market rally for a few days or is gold just way overbought? Again, the air quote thing, and it's going to pull back into maybe the 20, even potentially the 50 period moving average Just to scare the Johnny come lately's out. We're gonna find out sooner than later, but the first area of interest that I would have for gold would be right around 1475. We'll leave that number up on the chart. We'll track it. We'll see what happens. If gold comes down to 1475, I will be taking a peek. By the way, I almost forgot to make mention of something. It's in my notes, but sometimes I forget to look at my notes. But I did some homework on a different scenario, kind of one that seems to be repeating, one we just looked at. It played out before, and now we may have a different version of the same thing. We talk about ABC patterns often, by definition, because they happen often. Now, let's do a refresher on the one that happened before. So we were down here... And we had a leg up, a B leg down, and a C leg up that completed officially once it went through on the northern side, the high of the A leg. So that happened, but now all of a sudden we have in development the same routine. So we have A, we have the B leg down, which was the low from last week, and we have C in development. Is this going to happen? up here where is the top if in fact the C leg plays out with something that is taught specifically in the course at lazy e-mini trader how would you determine at what we'll call an extreme for the purposes of using the strategy in this way let's just say the number is up in the neighborhood of 297 Maybe slightly higher, but we'll call it 297. I'm not going to give you the exact figure. Inside the numbers members, I'll have the exact figure if and when we need it. Why is that? Because that is the area that if the market gets to, for me, will be a stone cold short. This is also a good time to reiterate something when I'm telling you that I'm preparing to take a trade if the market gets to a specific area. When you take a trade you must be 100% confident that trade is going to work in your favor. That's one little snippet behind part of the psychology of trading. But just like trading, there's two sides to every trade and there's two sides to that thought process. You also must have a complete understanding that there is no way, No way we're ever going to win every trade. We're fully aware that not every trade will work out, but we must enter the trade with the full and complete confidence that it's going to work in our favor. So when you enter a trade, you must enter with those thought processes. And with that, folks, that's a pretty good place to pull the ripcord. I'm going to give it a wrap here tonight. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.